When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest sitting down with me is Coach Russman. He is the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, and the strength and conditioning and weight room stuff at Concordia University up in Chicago. Guy of many hats. Coach, thank you for being here. That was a long introduction. That's a lot of responsibilities. Lots of hats. You're right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. I always want to talk to O-line coaches or offensive guys. That's Those are the guys. Well, especially old line coaches, we're the best. Yeah, we have our own language and stuff too. So you could say something. I'm like, I get it. I know what you're putting down. Right. Um, no, thanks for being here. Um, we just talked for a half hour. They could have probably been on the podcast, but we just <laughs> it, it, it's whatever. Um, so I'm curious um, how you actually got to Concordia because people don't know you were a head coach at a high school that played against a school that I was at. And you guys were very competitive. And so we even said, like, that's going to be a team that's going to get better. 
and then we know you went to Concordia. But I just want to, like, what led you to get there? Did you always want to coach in college? That was always kind of the thing. Um, what kind of took you from high school to Concordia? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm from Johnsburg High School, a small town up north, uh, right by McHenry, Crystal Lake area. Uh, about, when I went there, it was about 900 to 1,000 kids at the school. Uh, a guy named Jason Aubrey was my head coach my senior year. Um, and actually, Chad Hetlett, uh, head coach at Glenbard West, was my head coach before that. And then he left to McHenry. But I had a bunch of years under Chad and Bob Bradshaw um, as far as developing who I am as a man and player and stuff. They had a lot to do with it. Growing up in Johnsburg, it was a small town, you know, played youth football, same system into high school. Uh, a lot of that kind of blue-collar mentality through that. But um, so, anyways, Jason Aubrey was my head coach my senior year. We had a really good senior year there. We went 10-0, or 10-1, sorry, lost in the second round of the playoffs. First time in school history we went undefeated and all that stuff. So I stayed in touch with Jason throughout my college career. I played at Northern Michigan University. Um, and I was in education at Northern and when I graduated, I got done playing ball. I, I uh, student taught for Jason at Joliet West High School. And I was the O-line coach there and uh, all that stuff. So I coached Joliet for since, you know, 2010 to 2015 or something like that. And I went to Loyola Academy in Wilmette. Uh, and then back to Joliet because I had a full-time teaching job. And then I spent, you know, one year there and then went to West Chicago High School as the head coach. Um, and there in West Chicago, you know, it's not really a football school. It's more soccer. Actually, soccer just won state uh, in 2019. I think they won state. And so it's uh, definitely got a, you know, tough road as far as football goes. But they got a great facilities, weight room, brand new turf field, all that stuff. And when I was there, we had a huge sophomore class, like amazing athletes. Um, and then we had we had some seniors that were really good, taller, uh, could play football. But it's a big mix of kids from Carroll Stream, West Chicago, uh, all over. So in uh, Wheaton as well. So getting all those kids together, you know, is, is a tough battle, but definitely can be done. But I'm kind of getting off on a tangent there. Um, from West Chicago, I was actually, I think it was June or July of 2019 and, uh, Jason Aubrey had, well, he had gotten the head coaching job at, at Concordia in December of 2018, um, from Larkin. He was actually Lark, Larkin's head coach that year in 2018. So I knew him just cause he's my head coach in high school relationship with Joliet West. He, um, he didn't have a job open, actually. It was kind of weird how it worked out. But, uh, like, in June or July, his O-line coach left, and he needed somebody to fill in. I've always wanted to coach college, but I chose to go the high school route and get my, you know, education done. Um, before, I didn't really want to be a GA. I didn't really know that road that much. Uh, you know, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, you know, we wanted to, we kind of wanted to move back to Illinois and just be around family. So sorry for all those noises, but, uh, um, you know, I stayed in Illinois, went the high school route and, and fortunately the job opened up and 
you know, if you do good things in your career, you're going to build relationships and those people are going to want you when they move on. Same thing with where I'm at now, you know, the guys I coached, you know, I'm trying to become good GAs and uh, all that stuff. But, you know, kind of a crazy last couple of years with COVID, Jason um, resigned, kind of lost the passion, passion for coaching. We've got a new head coach now, Andy Lambert, who came from Southern Nazarene University in Oklahoma. Great guy, uh, down to earth. He's, he's um, about 30 years of coaching experience. And within the first 45 days, I've learned so much just about uh, building relationships and coaching, kind of specific to individuals, stuff like that. And then, you know, certain things to evaluate in players, right? So in the college level, you know, we recruit and recruit and recruit. And sometimes that gets, you know, you know, the evaluation part gets overshadowed because we have to reach a certain number or, you know, get to, you know, 50 kids every year, whatever. So learning how to, you know, evaluate kids, uh, not solely really based on their film, but more about their actions, Twitter, how they communicate, things like that. So, um, but yeah, I got very, very lucky to be honest with you going from high school to college. It doesn't happen that much, I got to say. Um, and I, I think it's solely based on, you know, I personally think I'm a really good coach. I'm really good at building relationships. Uh, and that obviously helps when when other people get jobs and want to hire you. Um, so I think based on who you know and how you perform, you know, those opportunities can definitely be open to, to anybody. Right. Yeah, that's it's crazy how things play out. You know, like you told that. And then we were talking off air, like I moved up here and had to bounce around. And I, maybe I found a spot. Who knows? But it's just crazy how things fall into place when mm -hmm. you least expect it. Um, but it, we were talking – before it's a small world. Like you had a coach with Chicago and I was at Lombard East. Right. It's just a small world of um, that. And then Aubrey, I forgot he was at Larkin. I forgot he was yeah. the OC, that guy, you know, they had their problem. <laughs> and then he yep. had to take over. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Crazy. It was a 2018 was a crazy year for, for all that. That was crazy for Larkin. I think he was like the third or fourth head coach or yeah, in, in a year. Yeah, in a year. Yeah, because Dragon was the coach, and then um, uh, who, who the other guy who took over, and then Jason. So three, three in one season. Then they hired Coach Plans. He's at Lake Zurich now. They hired him. Yep. yep. And then he got a better opportunity with Lake Zurich, which can't blame. Yep. Can't then, blame yeah, for that. Fifth head coach in a year. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um what was the biggest adjustment for you? Cause you kind of knew the college game from playing in college and doing that. Was there any like huge adjustment going from back into college from West Chicago? Like what was the biggest adjustment? Was it recruiting? Was it like, instead of teaching now I can just do football all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always kind of been a hard worker and kind of feet on the ground moving all the time. So as far as like the hours and stuff, to be honest with you, teaching and coaching football um, is a little bit harder in my, 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 you know, I've done both now. I've coached college ball all day and the hours, you know, some coaches say hours are crazy in college, but really they're no different than if I'm teaching in high school and coaching at the same time, you know, especially if you want to be high level. So like at Loyola, we were, you know, Sunday to Sunday. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and the same thing with Joliet, right? But uh, the biggest thing really um, 
I feel like I can build better relationships because the guys are a little older and they kind of understand, um, you know, that this is kind of like the last stop before their career. Mm-hmm. And for me, I can make that, make it a positive change or effect to them, you know, doing that. Cause in high school you can be a mentor, you can be all that stuff. And then they go off to college unless you stay in contact with them all the time. You know, you're trusting that whoever their college coaches is, is a good guy and, and all that stuff. Um, but that's really the, the biggest difference is seeing one and seeing a 22 year old, you know, react to your coaching is way different than a 17 or 18 year old. So that's actually a little bit more fun is because you can do more with it, but uh, you know, you can't do too much more because you don't want to get overcomplicated and, and all that, but you can, you know, more film breakdown, teach them certain techniques you know, that kind of stuff, my, my, you know, my OC and O-line coach at college was Jeff Duvendeck. Um, and he's, a, he's the O-line coach at St. Thomas uh, in Minnesota right now. They just went to D1 from D3. So, um, you know, just breaking down, you know, individual techniques of the D-line, stuff like that. Um, and then, honestly, I, I coached D-line last year because um, I was the other full-time guy and, you know, Aubrey and Peterson were two offensive guys. Mark Peterson was the OC and uh, Jason was the head coach, but they're two offensive guys. So there's really like three full-time guys on the offensive side. So the defense was kind of left behind. So I moved over to defense in 2020. Um, great perspective. I, anybody who coaches football, I, I suggest coaching the opposite side just to mm-hmm. learn. Um, but that was, you know, I, you know, I played, I, you know, when I played arena ball, I played defense. So I, I knew what I was doing and all that stuff, but uh, it's just fun seeing the other side of it and the breaking down offensive lines, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad at Addison, I'm just the O-line coach, <laughs> but you share. So, you know, those kids are playing defensive line. Right. We talked about, you know, Joe, I coach with, we are coaching together. So I'm helping him out, but I'm like, Part of me is like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm offense, but I have to help out. But I used to coach defense. I was an assistant DC before. Like, mm-hmm. it opens up everything when you're an offensive guy and you go coach defense. Yeah. And now I can, like, like I told you, I was almost late today because we had a coming to Jesus moment. I had to talk to our head coach, who's a <laughs> DC, about what was happening with defense and asking me questions. So I think people need to coach both sides to have a full understanding of the game and have those conversations. Because let's say, I bigger school i'm not saying this would happen to you but like let's say a big school says oh you coach d-line we'll pay you way more money to coach d-line and move on up you might have to take it because you have it oh yeah right you know not saying you're leaving i'm just saying like or even for me if like steve we need a defensive guy or something you used to coach defense why don't you come move on up you know so it just opens it up for you and like you said breaking down offensive line when you go back and coach it now you're like oh now i know what they're looking at Mm -hmm. i know what like when we're, we're running this play, I know what the D line is trying to do. Now I can combat that. Right. Yeah. The simplest thing, like the reasons why certain teams two gap, like why are DNs two gapping or three techs two gapping? I mean, smallest things are just mind blowing to me. Um, Cause we, we did some, some stun stuff on the D line uh, in 2020 that, you know, disrupted a lot of run game stuff. Um, as an old line coach, I'm like, Wow, that's actually you know hard to protect. You kind of got or you know run block against. So you got to figure out 
you know, why a defense is doing certain things. So just gives me a different side of analyzing. But I, I did look at the head coach today and I said, this is, they were drawing up their defense and going over a lot of stuff. I was like, this is why I don't want to be a DC because the amount of stuff you're worried about right now, yeah. I'm not worried about. Right. Like when I was an assistant DC, we ran a three, four and at Charleston, I was learning and even I would lose sleep. Now that I coach offense, the only reason why I might lose sleep as an offensive guy is just like, how do I make it simpler? I think that's what goes through my mm, mind. Yeah. I don't lose sleep about like what they're going to do on defense. Right. I'm just like, I'll tweak it. Right. Like as a defensive guy, I would never sleep. And I have no hair. Gap sound, all that, yeah. And I would lose all my hair. What's left of it, it'd be gone. I just, I can't do it. Um, and then, uh, Coach Watkins just left there too, right? Yep. Yeah, he was the DC, and he, I worked with him since 2019. Uh, great guy. He's at St. Thomas now too. Actually, it's kind of weird. You know, you talk about small world. The uh, OC there, uh, Bruce Carpenter, is a graduate from my high school, Johnsburg, and he played football with my brothers, brother. And then uh, Jeff Duvendeck, who was my OC line coach in college. Mm-hmm. Is the old line coach up there, and now Charles Watkins, my the DC, one of my good buddies, is now the running backs coach up there. So, oh, he was he switched to completely offense. Oh, he yeah. gave up on that defensive stuff. Oh, he was happy to. I'll tell you that he he played receiver at Duke, and yeah, uh, that but that's what made him a good defensive coach, you know, because he knew why offenses were doing stuff, and uh, we had some good conversations about all that stuff. Yeah, he came on this podcast in the fall last year. Oh, nice. I, I asked him to, and he did. Because I saw him on the Chief Pigskin stuff with Coach Allball. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a small world again. I'm going to title that for this podcast, Small World. <laughs> with, um, coach Allball was a head coach at Milford High School, which was in my conference. So my senior year, he was a head coach at a school my senior year. Mm. And they beat us by one point in overtime. So every time I talked, if we ever talk, if I ever talked to him, I'm like, Remember when you beat us by one point? He goes, oh, yeah, you were on that team. I'm like, yeah, screw you, buddy. Like, no, he's a good guy. So, so even smaller world, mm-hmm. I, I think Nate, I don't know if he coached for Jason or if he was the head coach at – I don't think he was the head coach at Johnsburg. He coached at Johnsburg, too. He yeah. coached at Johnsburg under Jason, I think. Yeah, because they know uh, each other. So, yeah, because Nate's been up here a couple of times, and I, I was on Chief Pigskin. Um uh once so yeah it's uh small it's crazy because when i moved up here the suburbs i knew nobody and now it's been a couple years now i'm like now i see all the connections of like Mm. who's been where who coaches what and making connections that's what it's all about is keeping those connections like you said you never know never know Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Um, well, that's what this whole coaching thing is about, man. It's relationships and, and, you know, getting getting kids from point A to point B in a better spot. So, The only thing about Watkins was he loved the wing T stuff. I'm like, oh, buddy, come on now. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know why, God. but he did. We talked about that on here. I was like, why? Why do you like it so much? You're a defensive <laughs> guy, though, right? He goes, no, I'm wide receiver at Duke. I was like, oh. That was my only squabble. I was like, why? Explain to me why. And he yeah. did. And he'll defend it. And I'm like, okay. It's like, that's why you and Nate are friends. I get yeah. it. Well, Nate kind of spun him on that because they were having arguments back in 2018 or 19. Nate, uh, like, interviewed the staff. And uh, I don't think um, Charles was on the wing team until Nate kind of talked him into it. So it's, been, it's kind of funny. Oh, Nate. Coach Allball's always – I'm known as the spread guy, so if I'm ever on one of his things, like, oh, there's Steve. He's the spread guy. Like, <laughs> That's all I've ever been a part of besides high school. Right. The rest of it's been the spread or shotgun. And that's what we – and, like, at Glenbard East, we did it, and it worked. Yeah. You, you guys did it and did well with yeah. it. Like, it was improvement there. West Chicago – what was funny was you left and they went back to the wing tee. So, I'm playing – we were playing at oh. East Aurora, and I was like – Oh, they went back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I was kind of upset about that, but they had a great quarterback, Luke. Uh, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he uh, he went to – he was like a, like a Yale kind of kid. I uh, knew he, he went to he, Richmond. Maybe. Was he taught the tall kid? No, he was the quarterback. The other tall kid went to Iowa as just a oh. student. So, some yeah. real smart kids, you know, just weren't coached uh, until, you know, we got there really, so. Yeah, that's kind of what's happening now where we're at. Yeah. That's why you're talking about, like, I think earlier you're talking about, like, they don't know how to be coach. I'm like, we had that this morning. I think Coach Steve had to get a little fiery. And <laughs> you give them the – they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, so we had to be a little fiery today. They, You know mm. you know what it is. We give them three days off. Yeah. They come back and – or they don't come back at all, those type of kids. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know all about those kids. I was at Julia West for seven, eight years, so. Oh, goodness. Um, so you don't have to give away what you're doing offensively, but what did you guys do before? We could go that route. What did you guys do before? Like, what was your guys' philosophy? I don't want you to give anything away if somebody listens. No, yeah. I didn't, I didn't create the wheel, I'll tell you that much. Well, some coaches um, I asked, some coaches I asked are like, well, I don't want someone to see here. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, oh no, I, I don't care. I, I hope you know what we're doing because then I could play with your your brain. Right. Um, but personally, so I, you know, run game stuff. I run everything. You know, we'll run inside zone. Uh, I don't. I don't call. Uh, I don't like differentiate between inside and outside zone. It's really kind of the same thing. It's really about the running backs reading what the D line does. Uh, we'll run all gap scheme power. Uh, I call it trap, you know, it's lead, whatever you want to call it. Uh, counter, we don't really do too much at like GT counter, but we're going to, if I have the tackles who can pull, we will. I think that's a little bit more higher level athleticism, but because I did that in college. 
but you know, it's just and your quarterback's got to be able to if you RPO or uh, you know you got to be able to do some other stuff with that. Um, you know, all gap scheme. We'll, we'll run buck sweep instead of outside zone. Um, you know, I'll run like a stretch, mm-hmm. which is outside zone, but we'll, we'll overload that side. We're going to run stretch to, to, so we can get the edge. That's really what we want to do. Right. Um, you know, passing game stuff. I like, I liked like the R4 system mm-hmm. a lot. Talking about the tubes and, and kind of all that stuff. I love mesh. But I also love easy reads. Um, so we'll do like Coach Lambert, our head coach, calls them like one and a quarter read. So like you have your one read stuff or you have your pre-snap, you know, beater if you want, whatever coverage they're in, we'll have a beater for it. But if that's not open pre-snap, then you'll have your one read. If that's not there, you're going. And as an O-line coach, I love that because we ran into a lot of uh, – you know, one to two to three to four reads and then go or check down. And for even at the college level, you know, D1s can probably get rid of it because the processing speed so high. And maybe even higher level D3s and mid-level to high-level D2s. But you want your athletes to play football, right? And that's right. that's what we're going to try and do. And that's my philosophy really is just is set, uh, set up our best players in a situation where they'll be successful. Uh, so it's, you know, we do, we'll do mesh, typical, you know, three-man concept stuff. None, none that's, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. We'll, t- we'll tweak it game to game based on what the defenses are running. Um, but the biggest thing for me is just pound the rock, right? Establish the line of scrimmage and, uh, and hold on to the ball as long as we can. You win the time of possession, you're going to win, you're going to win the game unless – Unless they score faster than you, I guess. But, you know, if our defenses can play football, then we'll be in a good spot. It's funny you brought up the wide It's I got yell, not yelled at, but I've said outside zone. Like, no, there's a difference between wide zone and outside zone. I said there is. And, oh, you don't want to go down that. Oh, yeah, the duo, duo tight zone conversation. That's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> because that's what I was getting ready to ask you that because – I just put out a video or something that says, is it duo or inside zone? Because for me, it's inside zone just because we're reading the end. Now, mm-hmm. can it can it look like traditional zone where you stay on your tracks? Yeah, if they're lined up that way, that's what it's going to look like. Right. But it all happened at Glenbard East. Like, we wanted to be inside zone, and we just felt like our, our linemen, we were like, can they really move enough to mm-hmm. combat the linemen? Because you remember, there's a lot of 3-5 teams or a lot of 3-3 three, three yeah. stack. So right. we were like, can we do that? And so we all sat there. They were all sat there and we're like, what if we just double team everywhere? Like just combo. And we did. And it worked really well. Like it was one of our top plays. Mm-hmm. And so I took that with me. I got to East Aurora and we kind of did the same thing. And I'm doing it now. Like now if we see a three, four or whatever. And that no slants away. Yeah, it's going to look that way. So I was getting right. ready to ask you that. Like, do you combo on inside zone or is it like traditional? Like we're going to stay on our tracks and look for the cutback. Yeah, so we uh, we combo everything still. However, the flow, you know, we take always take a play side step. Uh, there's a lead man, trail man. Sometimes you're on an island, I call it, or solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so inside zone for me is big flow. Mm-hmm. So the only, you know, the difference is, you know, you're taking like a lead step or a bucket or a wide lateral, whatever you want to call it. 
and the running back's shoulders are turned at 45. Aiming point, maybe like front side of the guard, you know, front side leg of the guard, inside leg of the guard, whatever. Depends on the linebacker flow and all that stuff. Um, but the biggest thing I kind of talk about is uh, the everybody's a puppet on a string. That's the kind of cue we use for the running backs. You want to use everybody's momentum against them. And we'll vertical cut right behind, you know, if, depending on who we run to. We run to a three or a one. It doesn't matter. Or a B-gap or A-gap player. It doesn't really matter who we run to. Um, I like running it to a three mm-hmm. if we can. But a lot of teams check their fronts, you know, running back to the three side to stop inside zone if you're a heavy zone team. Um, so I, I like doing that. I like overflowing it as much as I can to make it look like outside zone. But then we'll cut it between the guards. It's my, you know. But then duo, it's all hip to hip, inside step first. It's not play side steps. Um, everybody's vertical and the shoulders back, sh- the shoulder back. The running back's shoulders are square. You know, and then that, but that has to be run with a tight end, right? Right. Because then you won't, be, you won't be able to get the double teams that you want. Um, and then some teams don't have a tight end. So it's, that's where it gets kind of hairy, I guess. Yeah. So you could use it as like an H-back or sniffer. But it's not really the same, I guess. Otherwise, for me, it would be called tight zone uh-huh. versus wide zone. Right. It was. I think it was during the pandemic. I think. I think I posted a picture of the what our inside zone looked like, mm-hmm. and I posted on Twitter. I think, and or I did, and I said, "For you guys, is this duo for you?" I didn't even say, "Is this duo is this inside zone?" I said, "For you and your program." I titled it like, "Was what is this for you guys?" Like anybody. Mm-hmm. I got so much. That's probably my most comment on tweet I've ever done in my life <laughs> because people came out the wazoo of like, this is duo. This is duo. What are you doing? I got called like an idiot. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, that's the route we're going down. And some people said, no, this is combo zoning. This is. Yeah. And then somebody said, I didn't have the running back drawn, right? Like the arrow on huddle. <laughs> and they said, Oh, so this is duo. Cause the way you have that drawn. And I said, really? That's a big debate. I know duo, if it looks like that, they're just kind of aiming back to the other backer too, is what I've right. been told. Like the linemen are stepping that way, but they're aiming back instead of forward. Mm-hmm. For me, like if we have – The Coach Steve Show is sponsored by the Launchpad Kickoff Team. If you're a football coach out there, high school, college, NFL, doesn't matter – and you're looking for that edge for your special teams, for your kicker, for the kickoff, onsides, you guys need to go to launchpadkickofftee.com. If you have a younger guy trying to develop the kicker, you want the ball to get to the end zone, you need to go to Launchpad Kickoff Tee. This tee gives a coach a strategic options for squib kicks, onsides, everything. It is proven that your kicker will kick off farther. It is legal for NCAA, for high school, Okay, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a game changer. So if you go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS to use the code CSS, you can get a Launchpad Kickoff Tee for 10% off. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. You can use the code CSS for the Coach Steve Show to get 10% off. Also, there's a bundle. You can get one for 10% off. You can go to two and get more percent off or there's an option to buy four if you click the option to buy the four kickoff tees if you like it so much when you use the code css you'll get the fourth one free so instead of paying full price for all four you'll get three 
So go to launchpadkickoffteak.com slash CSS, use the code CSS, get 10% off, buy four to get the fourth one free. This is a game changer, guys. It does more than just hold your balls. Go get the Launchpad Kickoff Tee today to give your kicker an edge for next season. As you guys know, the Coach Steve Show is also brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. The Unhinged Sports Network is a 24-hour, seven days a week, non-stop playing uh, radio podcast about any sport that you guys can imagine. They have a proud partnership with Fanatics. So if you go to the link in the description, uh, go to Fanatics, use that link, and go get some gear to support the Coach Steve Show and to support the Unhinged Sports Network. They have deals all the way up to 70% off. They have deals for free shipping. And they have every single sports team you could think of. Your college team is going to be on there. Your professional team is going to be on there. They have good deals on jerseys, t-shirts, hats, socks, anything you want. So please use the link in the description to go to fanatics.com. Say big on your team's gear to help support the Un- support the Unhinged Sports Network and to support the Coach Steve Show. If we have like a 5-3-1-5, I'm telling my right guard, we're stepping to chip off that one tech to get to the backer. So mm-hmm. we're still double teaming, but we're aiming the flow of that way. Right. And then if we get an odd man front, you know, 5-0-5, I got two options. We can all step, you know, up vertically, or I can triple team in the middle and go. <laughs> we did that at Glenbardi's too. We saw um, um, Mount Prospect in the playoffs. They did the mouse thing where they had a guy sit right underneath their nose guard and mm-hmm. would guess. Like, literally had his hand on his his butt and, like, went to – Oh, wow. Him. And – because they knew he wanted to trap an inside zone. And so, we finally just said, why don't we just triple team? During the mm-hmm. game, we're like, just triple team. So, we did. And so, wherever he guessed, it would be wrong. And we were getting four yards, three or four yards, three or four yards. And we're like, we'll live with it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it got him out of it. So for me, that's why I like comboing because I can do that. Yeah. But I do love, like you said, the flow. Like yeah. that's why I'm researching wide zone. I'm like, could this incorporate with the combo and do wide zone? Well, first I said outside zone and I was wrong. Outside zone is different. Wide zone is like Coach Caduti, I try to talk to sometimes about that. He's mm-hmm. in Texas. Like that's who I go to. Or one I try to go to him. So, yeah, that was my question was, like, was it duo or inside zone? Because that was my <laughs> last podcast that came out, like, to make people mad. I was trying to stir the pot. Yeah. So, duo for me is, like, the same blocking scheme, I guess. If, you're, if, if we're in a perfect world, the linebackers align the same. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually do read the end. We don't base block the end. So, we'll run it like, you know, that zone. So, we plus our backers, if that makes sense. So, you know, the uh, but the play side – so the very far play side, if you want to call it play side, the tight end would, you know, if it depends on if it's a six eye or five, you know, if the tight end can get inside of him, then we'll double that three um, to him. But that, that to be honest with me, to you, that side doesn't really matter as much as the, the A gap double team. Right. Um, so as long as you get the vertical on that one, and then the difference um, for me in duo and zone is zone the running back is reading the interior lineman and making his cut based off that where duo is he's reading the backer 
So the double team is taking that down lineman vertical, okay? And then when the linebacker makes a decision, the running back's cutting the other way and the linemen are going to be right no matter what. Okay. So that's the main difference. It's way more vertical and, uh, you know, you should be able to tell a difference between running backs, you know, run, you might not look too different with the old lineman in some fashion, but the running backs should definitely be able to tell you if it's duo or inside zone. I've seen people when they run duo <clears throat> or draw it up, the RPO one of the linebackers because he's probably unblocked. So the RPO him, or like you said, they'll use their H back to kick out the end and they send up mm -hmm. to the back and the RPO. That's, that's right. what I've heard. I've heard people when they run duo, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. They're doing it so they can RPO the linebacker instead of reading the end is something I've heard. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, you could just base block the end, though. It would be the same. That's what I thought, but they're trying to, like, you know, change it up. and. Yeah. Um, but then another reason we do combos because we run ISO. We're a big ISO team, so I'm stealing reps. I'm getting a lot of double team reps. Yeah. And, and for my line – Essentially, those, those double teams are the same. Right. Like you said, instead of calling inside zone lock, we just call ISO where he's kicking out the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then if – and like and then we insert a guy, you know, ISO, you're inserting a guy. So to some people, my wing T friends, they say, oh, that's belly is what they tell me. Yeah. Um, I'm like, no, it's ISO. That's another debate. I'm like, no, it's ISO. <laughs> what do you mean it's ISO? I'm like, I'm ISOing the linebacker. And they go, what do you mean? I'm like, my linemen are taught not to block a certain backer. We are going somewhere mm -hmm. else. That's taken care of. Right. Now, if he shows up in the picture, obviously take him. But if he's outside the picture, we don't worry. Right. And then we can RPO him. If we, we could call ISO, we're getting to a backer if we want to hand it off real quick. And RPO, that guy run a sit route or something. Like, yep. there's just things you can do. And I said, for me, the spring, we're all new coach. Like, new offense, new defense in the spring. So right now we're still installing and right. I have to be simple as possible. So I looked at them and I said, this is what we're going to do. I can steal reps and the blocking scheme is similar. Now, when we get into next year, maybe I'll change it up. But for right now, I, that's why we do it. So that's my ran on inside zone and duo of, yeah. And ISO looks the same to me. It can look the same. It technically is. It's just different words. Now people want to be fancy. Oh, yeah. My wing T friends are like, no, that's belly when we insert a guy. And I'm like, no, I got this from Illinois College like years ago when I saw him do it. And I took it. Like, no, it's belly. Or that's lead. Some people was lead. Right, right. Yeah, it's all the same thing, different words. 
especially when it's quarterback ISO, you get a lead up and the running back leading up. They said, oh, that's lead. But <laughs> <laughs> we're a spread team, so we call it ISO. So one thing I'm figuring out, which is kind of cool, I'm happy, you know, I'm getting this change, is our head coach is bringing a new system in, and we're, you know, developing it off of his system and verbiage and things like that. And he tags, literally tags everything old school, like NFL. You, you hear uh, Gruden talk, you know, mm-hmm. what's that, Y banana, next slice, whatever it is. That's like kind of how we call stuff now. But it, for me, it kind of makes sense because before everything was concept-based. So mm-hmm. you would know that concept, and then we would tag off of that, or you would just know exactly what you're supposed to do based on what concept it is. Now we're going to be tagging. You know, the old line stuff's going to stay the same. They still know inside zone, whatever it is. And but for everybody else, we'll tag blocks, we'll tag uh, routes, we'll tag you know certain combos and blocks and stuff like that to set things up. And that's where Coach Lambert's thirty years of experience is going to be like mind blowing to me because uh, he's going to help me understand like certain situations. You know, we'll it's called like easy. You know, as easy. TH, it's a bunch of different stuff, but it tells our guys exactly what to do. Right. And then it sets defenses up. So if it's like a two high versus a single high, you know, that perimeter blocking stuff's figured out. Um, Cause that, that becomes like a big issue, right? Teaching that perimeter blocking stuff. Cause everybody focuses hard on the, the inside guys, right? For inside, uh, inside run, all that kind of stuff, but perimeter blocking and setting up angles. Cause think about, receivers coaching receivers on how to block you know probably isn't the best thing it's like an online coach teaching a receiver how to catch right <laughs> um so what we're doing is is setting up our perimeter blocking in a way where right, that's what i love the most because they you know coach Lamb- lambert understands blocking angles mm-hmm. and leverages and that's kind of what these this tagging system sets up and allows our guys to be in better positions to block, especially bubble. I mean, how many times do you see um, bubble get blown up by that apex guy just because that receiver doesn't know how to get the right angle? Because right. he's not the right receiver blocking him most of the time because he's not leveraged right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, years ago, coaching at a school, the wide receivers coach, we were a triple option team. Um, he made the wide receivers and stuff go down and block on the sled before they ran routes. They had to hit the sled, so work up coaching old line, and they come down there and we're like, "Oh, you guys want to hit the sled today?" And he goes, "Yep," and they took the sled from us. He's like, "They're, they're going to learn," and we're going through the same thing right now. We're going to be like a we're a power power read team, so mm-hmm. that type of block, like arc releasing, getting there, and yep. knowing when we motion a guy when they shift over. Now your block's changed, right? They've bumped, or like you might have gone out here, but now that they bumped over, there's a an interior threat. So we have to get up there and those wide receivers and tight ends are not a block. <laughs> Especially when I'm the run game coordinator, we would go down there to watch. I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. maybe they do need to hit the sled. Maybe yeah, they do have I to know. go down to the chute and learn how to do whatever. And they're teaching hip. They're te- we're teaching to get to the hip and drive mm-hmm. because of the angle. You know what I mean? Like it's nothing against old school stuff of wide receivers getting front and driving. If you can, great. But if you can get to the hand on the hip and just get them out of the picture. Yeah. That's all you need to right. do. Right. Cause you're right. The bubble stuff, just how many times has that happened? Or the key screen and that guy, if you're doing a middle key screen, that guy comes from the outside. Right. That's um, crazy. 
And that's I was gonna, you kind of answered it. I like the air raid stuff, so I always bring that with me because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, one, two, three, it's gone. Right. One, two, three, it's gone. One, two, three, it's gone. But you answered that you like mesh, so I answered it. You like mesh. Yeah, yeah. So I actually like. I I don't know if I like. Um, I don't know if I like all the variations of mesh. I like just true mesh. You know, like kind of like an on the ball route, two mesh guys, a post, and like a wheel or the or a swing wheel by the running back or something like that. Um, I don't like some of the variations I see from Leach. Uh, or, or I think Mummy posts some stuff, but I don't know. They, it gets gets away from the true mesh concept and all that stuff for me. But that's a, I'm also an O line guy, and, and I need to make things simple. So right. Uh, but I really do like Dub Maddox's uh, R four system. Like if you don't know how to coach quarterbacks, um, you know if you're a high school coach, O line guy who's never coached quarterbacks, the R four system and Dub Maddox is a huge teaching you that kind of pass game understanding. Not even if you don't use the tubes, because we don't use it really, but understanding capped and uncapped and all that kind of stuff. And then quarterback footwork, right? Because, you you know, mechanics, you can't really change throwing mechanics. I mean, that, that's that's a whole different project. But footwork is, is easily, you know, one of the things that you can, especially out of the gun, right, understanding what routes, uh, are certain steps, all that kind of stuff. Because I, we just had a camp here the other day. I can't tell you how many quarterbacks didn't know just what a zero step drop was, or even like a one hitch or something like that. Uh, so it's you know it's kind of mind blowing to me still. But that's yeah. a good that's a good book. I read it during quarantine. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and reread it now because that was back in the summer last year. Right. Because I'm an online coach, so I'm like I'm reading this just for my own sake. Right. And I'm like, but I'm not going to use this, and so I have to reread it. But it was good. I remember putting um, sticky notes all through yeah. the book. You have to. Oh, right. Uh, that one, and I've read the um, all the defensive stuff. What's his name? I can't remember. Match quarter stuff. Oh, yeah. I've had to read that. Good stuff. But, you know, that, that, that's a good point. I like the R4 stuff. The, the language is simple. Yeah. Learning that. Um, I know a coach, Coach Justin Clark. He's a uh, high school coach in North Carolina. He's a run-and-shoot guy. He's mm-hmm. taken that terminology and used it in his run and shoot. Oh, that's awesome. Like the capped stuff. He's taught mm-hmm. that in the run and shoot because that's what Mummy did with his mesh you're talking about. His outside receiver runs a um, – it's kind of like a, a run and shoot. He reads the guy and will run his route based off of that. Right, right. So Mummy adapted to that. Leach's way, if it's two by two, they're like capped outs and then the mesh. Right. And – now his variations come in three by one, like that three by one stuff just gets crazy. But mm-hmm. to your point, we do the same. We did the same thing, and we just did mesh and shallow. We we're like, this is a good complement yeah. to it. Yeah. Keep it that way. We can run a post behind it if that safety drops down. Right. That's all we did was we kept mesh the same. There only be one tag if it's a post, right? You know, because that's why we did a lot of vertical. You could run a post, mm-hmm. and you have to come up with stuff to keep your own line happy. Because if you want to pass protecting for six seconds, it, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. No. And that's one of the issues we came into in 2020. I wasn't on offense, but, you know, we, we uh, had did a lot of the air raid-ish type stuff. And our quarterbacks, you know, were almost like seven and a half yards um, you know, 
from pre-snap, almost like six. It was pretty deep, right? So a tackle set point for there is like impossible. So and our quarterback never stepped up, and it was just kind of a mess on, on all, that, all that stuff. But I, I think the air raid is kind of like that a little bit. If you don't establish a run, you know, it's tough to dink and dime like they do. I mean, Mike Leach had some success early, right, beating LSU, but now – you know, how'd the end of the year end up for him, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Mike Leach guy, so I was happy, and then it just kind of went, went. Right. Um, I, I love Mike Leach as a coach. It's just, if you you got to be able to establish the run, right? I think right. everybody kind of understands that. Um, coach Banstra and them, they dubbed me as the air raid guy because I love the air raid concepts, but I try to tell them, if I ever become an OC or a head coach, yeah, we'll run those pass plays but I will run the ball because I'm an O-line guy. Yeah, We will run inside zone. We will do trap. We will do power. We'll do – I want an H-back. I want a tight end. Mm-hmm. But you best believe the passing game is going to look air raid-ish because I think it's easy to read. That's right. just my opinion. Right. But I'm still the air raid guy apparently. I'm still <laughs> – so they asked me how this year went. I said, man, we got a tight end and an H-back on one side this spring. Steve, you don't do that. I'm like, I'm the run game coordinator. Of course we do. <laughs> We had to tell you what, though, you can run a nice mesh with the tight end. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's a hard route to cover, especially yeah. if you tighten the splits on the other side or something, run it to a single, single receiver side. It's, it's kind of tough. That's good. And if you're a power read team and you eventually pop them off for a vertical, mm-hmm. we did that a lot. Yeah. We were blessed. When you, say, when, when you say power read, you mean shovel, shovel, read the end? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was big. Like, you can call it power read, H pop, or a Y pop, and it just just goes. Yep. Especially, we did that at the end of the year, and it just worked. We were blessed with a tall tight end. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, it helped a lot. And we did Easter Roar too. Easter Roar, Nick is a big power read guy. Yeah, no, he, he runs the quarterback a lot. Yes. When I got there, that was the big thing. And then I just talked. I'm getting off topic. I just talked to a coach the other day. He's like, what if you run power? He goes, Steve, we'll run power this way and not block the backside in. Instead of hinging, we'll just arc release and read the end. And I said, tell me more. And he's like, that's where you can run power read without actually running power read. Right. You can run option out the back door or do something else. Mm -hmm. So you you best believe I walked in today and I was like, guys, what if we do this? (laughs) It's like the jet series or fly series, I think people call it. Yeah. 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 Um, full blocking with your tackle and tight end if there's a five tech, yep. that stuff. Now, the only problem I saw with that was if you've got a three and a five and a tight end and you decide to full block, how are they going to handle the three? Right. That was the only thing. Right. Yeah, you kind of have, have to have a guard there. Yeah, well, you have to have the guard. Okay, well, then that linebacker is free. But in, in reality, a gap power then. Right, right. That's another involvement of power was when we all played, it was 44 power, 24 power. Yeah. Now we don't know where it's going. Right. It's A gap or B gap or C gap. Right. From that spread stuff. Which is awesome. I love, you know, people think like that power is supposed to hit right behind the guard, but sometimes it hits way outside the tackle. You know, it depends on if they wrong arm it and all that kind of stuff. Or, if, yeah, if they knife in and cross your tackle's face and he's got to take them and now it's going yep. around. Yep. That's why uh, I brought in the skip pull when I showed up. 
Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with opening up and going, but I said, man, we got to skip pull. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm a skip pull guy. I am too. I'm a big skip pull. I'm old school. I'm skip pull and galloping, like, to get there. I'm yeah. old school as it gets. And So somebody – so have you heard Kurt Anderson talk at all from Northwestern? No, I haven't. So he has a good duo. Actually, it's, it's about duo, but he talks about how they block power gap scheme kind of stuff. He talks about speed skaters. Mm. So, you know, speed skaters push off that one leg, so it's kind of that gallop uh, thought process. I did that, and then I – Last week I had um, Coach Rudolph from Ohio University. He's the online coach. I had him on here. I think they're going to scooch. Okay. Yeah, I think he said they're going to do a lot of scooching this year. And, I, and that works for them. Yeah, I've gotten a – you know, talk about technique a little bit. I've gotten away from the duck demeanor style. I haven't done that for a long time. And I heard uh, – what's Ferenc's first name? The old, the, he's the OC now at Iowa – Kirk's the head coach, but who's yeah, – um, I can't remember his first name, but I heard him speak at a clinic a long time ago, and he talked – he goes, man, these old, these old linemen don't want to get in that position, but what they do like to do is move people. So what I teach them is those first two or three steps, once they get into contact, they can zipper their feet and run because it's a lot easier for me to coach them on how to just run your feet out of that position than to quickly chop your feet and be powerful with the hips – in that wide, wider stance. I was kind of like blew my mind at the time, but that's what I teach now. I just go, uh, you know, after the first two steps, whatever appropriate steps you're taking for the play or the, the double team, whatever it is, after that you get in that steering wheel and you, you are running your feet. I don't care how you run your feet. You just run your feet. So. Yeah. I learned that coaching from a triple option power. eye, and then when we, uh, when I was at Charleston, we kind of went to a pro style and then a spread. I quickly realized, because I coached every position in Charleston at one point, I was like, this duck walk thing doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Now, I, like you said, I, I like to see those quick – I don't even call them duck walking anymore. I think it's like just driving off your foot when you make contact. That original contact, yes, you're going to be in that powerful mm-hmm. position. Not a duck walk, but like you're in a powerful position. Then just get them out of there. Right. So I kind of – I agree with you, like – and some people I've talked to are to the point where they don't care how they get to the person anymore. It's like, get there however you can. Mm-hmm. Move your feet however. Just keep – just don't be too narrow. Don't have them right under – get your feet underneath of you and go. I'm not to that point yet. I'm kind of like I yeah. still want – I still want technique. I still want like galloping. The only reason why I decided to do it was because we were – if you're doubling, they were churning like this and just leaving all this space, you know, for them mm-hmm. to shoot, you know. It's high school, so you're like, how yeah. do I – how do I adjust this? And I'm like, I just found galloping kept us square to where that didn't happen. And, you know, we're, we're getting the forearm in and drive. Like some people do Mm -hmm. this, which is fine. I'm at, I'm stupid. So I'm at the point where I'm like, get your hand in and get your forearm in and we can drive. Yeah. So they call it a flipper. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. I use that uh, for like rocker back, stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't teach the gallop because for me, uh, I just never got – I just never did it, and it's just kind of hard for me to teach it if I don't fully understand it, I guess. But I do I, – well, I do understand it. Um, do you use that more on power? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I use that when there's – if you got a two-tech or a three-tech, we got to get there so they don't get to the gap. And then I kind of took a wide zone drill where they call it near shoulder. 
mm-hmm. where like there's that two tech you gallop you blast him get off yeah. And, yeah. and then i use it for i'll adjust it a little bit like if there is a three tech but i want the guard to get to the backer i want i'll change more like a bucket thing yeah he can overtake it and go but like i base it off the gallop that we learn that and then we'll do that so when you gallop like in your double team right let's say you're running power to the right right guard and right tackle have a b-gap defender three tech and you double up there with the right guard gallop into that and then is he the one leaving for you or are you just taking that three tech to that backside backer we're just going to take him we'll just take him so what's your what's your tackle doing he's galloping to that three tech okay so is he taking uh like he, he like so a right like, replace and then left foot to hip and then kind of yeah so like his left foot will immediately come up Okay. Driving off here, and he'll quickly get there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once we get there, then you get that foot inside his crotch and yep. drive. Right. And at that point, we want him to get to the backside backer. If we can't, we can't. Right. We can just push him. Right. You're taking him to him. Yeah. Um, for right now, I'm having the guard gallop in there too, mm-hmm. just so we can work on double teams. And then once my right tackle or, or both tackles can prove they can take him on his own, then we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, it might be an August thing. Friday. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know how high school works. In August, I can show up, and it may not even be the same kid when I show up mm-hmm. in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my stupid, simple way of controlling the line of scrimmage. Hey, man, kiss method. Yeah, so but if that backer walks up, then the right tack or my right guard is going to say like solo to him, like you're yeah, on your own, buddy. Down, down or something. Yeah. So now we may not have to gallop. We may just have to put go. the ear hole in his chest and go. Right. But if I can, the reason why I do that is because I want to establish the line of scrimmage first before mm-hmm. we do anything because of where we're at. Now, if this is two years from now, I might change it. But yeah. installing it, being simple, I want to control it. So you're going to walk away from this and say, Steve, you're an idiot. How are you coaching? Because some don't like that. Some don't like how I have the guard coming back to the three-tech then go. But and it's going to change. We're going to see a ton of 3-3, three, three, a mm-hmm. ton. So I'm installing it right now against a four-man front. Right. Because as offensive coaches, someone said that to me the other day. Why do you guys draw up everything against a four-two box? And I said, that's a good question. <laughs> it's easy. Right. When we play Glumbard West, when they're in that three-three or three-five, it will not look like that anymore. No. Our highlight last year was keeping the ball from them for eleven minutes. We had the ball <laughs> for eleven minutes. We ISO'd them and ISO'd them, and then. They score. Guess what they did? They come out in that tight bare front. They're like, you're not ISOing oh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. And just I'm surprised it. more teams don't do that, though. It's coming around. So do you get when you get an odd front, do you get more fives than you do four eyes? Until wow. we till we till we established that ISO, then they would come into a four eye. Mm-hmm. And so then if we ran ISO, I had two options. Do I fan out? Because you're probably going to have a backer walked up if you're doing a 4i or somewhere. So do you fan out? But then there was times they had a 4i and there was no, like, immediate backer. He was still off. Mm. So I would just fold block. I would kick the guard out underneath. And it worked just as well. Right. For ISO. Now you have two insert guys. See, that's where, like, ISO comes in to be – it's kind of going full circle, right? So – that four I messes everything up. I mean, it's one of the hardest things to block. But if we, but if you add a hat with a tight end and fullback, you know that four I kind of you just hit C. You hit ISO and C gap then pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
then I talked about coming in this year, maybe if we get a ton of four, maybe whamming him and just change it. We go ISO switch or something and have them go to the back or maybe have that guy that's pulling or our sniffer or wing that comes in. Maybe he takes them. Yeah. I've talked about that too. Like wham him or my first reaction is, Oh, we got a four. I call trap. That's my first reaction. So do you trap him and, or you trap the outside backer? I would trap the four eye and hopefully we just get up. Right. Um, I, my way of running trap is I want to trap the three tech, but if there is no three okay. tech, the next, you know, if there's, we play a four, two, five. So all summer we've seen a four, two, five. Mm-hmm. So if we have a five, a zero one and a five, and we call trap, right. We got to make a call saying we're going to trap the five tech and we're not going to trap the one technique. We'll trap the five. Right. Since we, there is no three tech. Now, if he had called trap left, we'll do the three tech, and we'll just we'll just pop the five tech and climb. Right. Because reality, like you know, those guys on the outside should not make that play. Trap's supposed to hit now. If that outside backer makes the play, we got the wrong kid at running back. Yeah. Should not. Yeah. Yeah, I've blocked the four eye. Um, unless it, unless that backer is that good, then I'll trap him. But I don't like I don't like linemen going out to chase a linebacker. Yeah, I'd rather have no my guards going up against a defensive end rather than this guy's going up against the speedy linebacker. Right, right. Like the Glumbar West of the world and Hinsdale South runs that that too. They they do it. Mm. Who else did it? Someone else did it to us. Willowbrook run, runs a funky defense on us. They'll run yeah. a five three zero five. And bring their backers. Wow. So it's like an over-ish time. Oh yeah. It, it's five three zero five. And it's, it's just you think there's this huge bubble, but they've got those backers walked up. It's and they'll slant that way to make mm. you come that way. Um it's funky. And I don't know if they did it because it was COVID year or yeah. if that's what they're gonna do. Um, well, there's some Concordia grads right there. I think the head coach is from Concordia. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think so. They they have a freshman quarterback last year, starting varsity. Well, their starting quarterback in 2019 was a stud. Yeah, he was. I watched them play Mount Carmel in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. That quarterback can move. Yeah, he can run. Yeah, it's crazy. But they've got two good running backs. You probably should look at they. They've got a stud running back. Oh, really? I think he's going to be a senior. He can move. Like, and he plays. He'll come in at defensive end sometimes, and nose guard. Mm. When he comes in at nose guard, I sweat because <laughs> it's probably third and five or something. They'll bring him in. At oh, nose he's moves. Yeah, man. They did. So I when I see him come in, I'm like, we got to double him, but he's mm-hmm. fast. So it was, yeah. Well, I've taken a lot of your time. I know you got a family and stuff. I didn't know how long I had you for. Oh, you're good. I'm working right now, so I'm just getting kids ready for the season. We start August 10th, uh, but, you know, this is this is where it gets a little – you think you're a college coach, but one of the best assets I've had was being a high school coach because I'm doing a lot of the uh, administrative side of, like, paperwork and stuff for these kids. They got to do their medical stuff, and, you know, most of their parents hold their hands up until now. Right. So their parents can't do stuff for them now, so they got to figure it out on their own. So when you guys 
start your old practice? Did you say that already? Yeah, August 10th, the uh, guys report, and then we have two weeks of camp, and then we start our season. Yeah, our first practice is August 9th, and then we'll start August 27th. Yeah. We have a long way to go. There's some schools starting in the end of July I've talked to coaches. Their first practice is like the end of July. Wow. They'll play so they're like – They're, they're using play. those 25 days in like – and just going straight through, huh? Yeah, one coach I talked to in South Carolina, they oh. just had like a dead period. Yeah, that dead period, we can't see them that first week of August. We can't see them. Mm. Then we'll start August 9th. Um, but I'm just glad it's back to normal. I know. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Especially in the spring when you had basketball go till March 13th, but football started March 3rd. Mm-hmm. That was fun. <laughs> it's a good time to not be in I don't know how any of it got done, man. It's, it's crazy. Especially me, all of us, like four of us coached basketball. I did basketball, football, and track in one day, one time. Like, wow. it was just – and then basketball – I'm going to rant for just another minute, then we'll let you <laughs> – then I got done June 5th, I think, because my girls didn't make it to state for throwers. That Saturday, I coached three basketball games for summer. And that Sunday, then had basketball camp and football and summer basketball league. And I was like, they don't pay me enough yeah. to deal with this. Now it's really back to normal. <laughs> oh, now it's – Nequa basketball wins, and I see why. I'm not – even though I'm complaining about all the basketball, I think it's because of COVID year. It was a normal year, and we got done in May. Yeah. I, it'd be fine. They win for a reason, and I see why. Like, he's been there since the school opened. Oh, wow. Um, There's some you know, tradition there, and it's just rolling. I coach with his his son's a JV coach, and I coach with the other son that's a sophomore coach. Wow. So we have the same terminology, literally, from top to bottom. So everything we are saying at the sophomore level, they will hear when they move on. Like, yeah, that makes a big difference. Word for word, how we defend something for basketball. I'm like, this is why they win 20-plus games a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they cram everything into June for basketball and then do nothing in July for basketball. Oh. So it's nice. Right now I just do football. Right. Bet you don't miss all of that. Like that's all. <laughs> no, this is actually – I just went to Hawaii. This oh. is like the first time I was able to take a vacation uh, because high school, you know, you're, you're – you know, especially me, I was a strength and conditioning guy. So I was there June and July every day um, before. But now summer for us is um, – you know, less, less, uh, hours, I guess. So, and I mean, I'm able to now with virtual stuff, right. I'm able to kind of work from away. So, right. That's the only positive that came from COVID was zoom. Right. Even though I hate it, I hated remote learning. Let me rephrase that. I hated mm -hmm. remote learning. I feel mm -hmm. like that was the worst thing that could happen for kids. Right. But it helped with football. It helps with sports. Cause we, even on Sundays, if I want to meet with a kid or the old line real quick, hey, guys, meet with me for a half hour yeah. up on Zoom. That's a good thing. This podcast, I don't meet coaches unless I had Zoom. Like, right. I don't do it. So there was good and bad. But you're right, the Zoom's a game changer. Oh, 100%. Well, before, I let, before we stop recording, um, some college coaches, I just let you talk good about your school. Mm -hmm. So, like, why should people think about going to Concordia? Like, like talk it up at the end here. Yeah. No, so, yeah, we're Concordia University of Chicago. We're right in River Forest, so it's about 20 minutes west of the city. 
So we're about five to seven minutes from the train, which takes you down to the south. I think it's the south loop the train goes to. Uh, but it take you right to the city in 25 minutes or so. Um, we get a lot of kids from all over the country, California, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Alaska, Texas, Florida, Georgia, there's everywhere. So uh, we're very diverse in that fact. You're going to get culture where, where, where we're at. Uh, we're in a very nice neighborhood of River Forest, a bunch of doctors, lawyers kind of live there. Um, and the campus itself is like kind of a close-knit family-style campus uh, because the city around us is big, right? But like right where we are, it's a nice, safe location. And, you know, one of our bigger programs, a couple, couple of our big programs, we're known for education. Um, we are a business school uh, because of our internships in the city. And then one of our bigger um, majors coming up is computer science. So we compete against like Harvard, robotics and all that kind of stuff. And we win national awards in computer science. So those are kind of the three uh, in, in, in business. It's like, you know, um, economics, but also like uh, business management, sports management, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, with having the Cubs and uh, Blackhawks, Bears, all, all that stuff. Actually, one of our uh, fundraisers we do, we, we work at the Bears Stadium uh, for, for five games uh, and it allows those guys to kind of get in that atmosphere and, and build that uh, rapport with the Bears organization. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just a great family atmosphere. And, and once you're a Concordia guy, we call it, you know, then, then you're set for life with, that, with the alum and just that family, family feel. So we're excited about where Coach Lambert's going to take the program. And, you know, we were 5-5 five and five in 2019. It's the first time they've had any sort of winning season since 2012. Um, so we're, we're in a good spot. We're, we're excited for where we're going. Well, I'll keep track of how well it's going. Um, since we're back to normal, I won't be pulled eight different directions. So. Yeah, right. And you guys aren't too far from no, Naperville. It's probably an hour. Uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, not Is far. Mm-hmm. I don't like driving in the city, so that's kind of – Yeah. Well, opinion. luckily we're – you know, you could probably take mostly side roads to get where we're at. Oh, well, that's good. Because you can just go up the western suburbs right into where we are. Well, that was a good sales pitch there for Concordia. I like it. <laughs> thank you thanks for having me on i appreciate it no thank you and everybody out there listening thank you so much this is coach steve and the coach steve show we're signing off Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.